Well, it wouldn't be Monday if my YouTube camera was actually pointing where I want it to. This mic's not in the right spot. Golly, guys, it's like I take two weeks off and the wheels fall off of this whole organization. Hi, Mike. What's up, buddy? That didn't take long. Hey, what's going on? Welcome. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while. To the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your slightly out of focus friend on uh, YouTube. Much better focus than uh, questionable lighting on uh, the Instagram. And uh, if you're listening at home, cool. Glad to be along with you wherever you're doing, whatever you're up to. You working? You driving? Doing the dishes? These are all things people do while they uh, listen to podcasts. Be curious to know where you listen to this podcast. Perhaps you sit down and open a delicious beer and consume the beer while you consume the podcast. Wouldn't that be something? Well, I don't know. But we got to move on. You know why? Because it's Monday, guys. And I want to drink some beers. Now, (sighs) I had a really nice little break there. Uh, I know I technically took off two Mondays, but in a way that almost feels like three weeks, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I got up to a lot of stuff in that time, but, uh, most of all, I had a really delightful, uh, little holiday, even from work. And that was really nice. So I'm feeling recharged, refreshed. Actually, that's all kind of BS. I'm having a bit of a rough day. Uh, you know what? That'll be our second half. We're going to talk a little bit about that and how and why. And anyway, we'll get there. That's a throw. In the meantime, we're going to make things feel a little bit better with this delightful, delightful beer. Look at that picture on that if you're watching one of the videos. That is like, uh, I don't know what you would call her, sort of a, sort of a Quakery looking a uh, woman smoking a very attractive pipe with a specter in the background. What is it if you're listening at home and you can't see? It is Salem's Lot from our friends. Friends of the pod. Don't know if they listen or not, but I sure love them. Little Beasts in, I want to say Ajax? Whippy. They say Whippy. Ajax is always a safe bet because I think it's actually the biggest of those towns, cities, whatever we call them, that aren't in Toronto, but our next Toronto. Anyway, Whitby, Whitby, Ontario. Whitby, Ontario's own Little Beasts Brewing Company. Yes, that is what their full name is. And uh, Salem's Lot, kids. Well, you know me, don't you? I'll give you one guess. It's not a light lager. It's a New England IPA. God bless them. Picked up this beer on our way out to the country. Uh, we went and stayed uh, near Lindsay, a little town called Realboro. Realboro. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but anyway, it was a sheep farm and it was delightful and they had really cute dogs. But guys, that's not what we're talking about. Oh, I did a terrible job on that foley. I actually very gently eased into it. That was really stupid of me. I like it when they go and they clip the microphone. Anyway, um, let's get into this. Now, I did sort of clean this Guinness glass, but uh, 
you know, the best laid plans. I don't know. There's probably a saying about that. I feel like I'm supposed to have said that, but I can't remember what it means. No, I can not. Now, I went easy because this is a 500 mil bottle and I was pouring it into a pint glass, but we did okay. Nice little bit ahead. I did not, guys, I'm out of shape. I didn't do that on camera at all. Look, it's a Guinness glass. I also held it up with the Guinness logo facing forwards. Typically, I would have tried to do it more like on the side, but anyway, I wouldn't have been fooling anybody. Hey guys, this is a chunky boy. We got some yeast sediment in there. That is not a dirty glass. That is chunks of yeast just gently settling to the bottom. Flocculating out is the technical term for what's happening there. Um, what do we got going on? Salem's Lot, New England IPA from Little Beasts. What do you need to know about Little Beasts? If you don't know who they are yet, you could be forgiven because maybe you're from around my area and Whitby's kind of that way. Um, it's worth the drive. I don't know if there's an easy way to get there on transit. Actually, there's a ghost station not too far from there i think you take a go train out to anyway it doesn't matter uh, it's worth the trip however you get there fly bike if you're that kind of a fitness person you do you go check them out really fantastic hey there's my fridge i forgot to unplug it mm, that's not new i forget to do that all the time um but go on and check them out really really good 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 beers um especially I actually, I was tempted. They have a, a like a table saison that I have. Um, I haven't done one of those in a while, but I just, after today, I needed some hops, guys. So went with the Salem's lot. Um, also had a really nice sour, or gosa, that they did. Really good. Hoo-wee. Um, to be honest with you, a bit much in the 500 ml bottle. I would like to cap it and uh, have half later based on the last time I had it. But anyway, um, Salem's Lot New England IPA. Some things don't change, and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now. Let's get into this. This is a New England IPA. I, mean, I trust we all know. This is season five now, guys. Hopefully we're all in on it together on this one. Mm, I mean, peachy. Like fuzzy peach slices. That's, that's delightful. Maybe a little bit of citrus. Yeah, Mike uh, just pointed out on Instagram, they just got an award at the Canadian Brewing Awards for the table saison. Was it Le Petit Duchesse, I think? Getting distracted. Sorry, guys. Uh, that's a little wizard. This one. Uh, La Petite Duchesse. Uh, it doesn't even say it. it. just says it's beer, but I remember buying it. Anyway, it's a banger. Uh, and Mike has answered, En Francais, oui. Uh, muchas gracias, amigo. Oh, wait, that was Spanish. Okay, let's get back to this peach bomb. Because I was going to say, we got peach for sure. Probably some clementine. Citrus is mostly quite sweet smelling. Not lemony, not not really grapefruity. That's the, the bulk of what I'm getting. Oh, sort of flowers, something floral for sure. Floral but mostly peach with uh, some real clementine. Clementine. That was cute. Clementine. Hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. I had a couple of these. Not tonight. It's been a while. Been a while. Uh, haven't said that that many times in an episode in a while. Um, okay, what are we getting? Ooh. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Interesting finish. 
peachy for sure, but it's not as juicy as the aroma would have led you to believe. It's nicely, but quite bitter. Um, again, not quite squeaky, but it's dry. It not, dry is not quite the right word. It is dry too, but it's... Uh, how to describe it? You get it in your cheeks. You feel it in your cheeks for sure. Funny because some New England IPAs are pretty minimal on bittering hops. Um, this could be an effect of one of two things. A, they might've just added some nice early hops to bitter it up a little bit, which, hey, good on them. Or B, they might've just added so much hops. I know we talk about the fact that you need to kind of boil it and convert to get the alphas out, but you get a little bit of alpha out when you put it in at the end. You just don't get as much as if you put it in at the beginning. But if you put in so many hops at the end that it's crazy, the little bit of alpha that you get out of each, say, gram, actually turns out to be enough alpha to give you a bit of a feel. So that could be it. Could be the first one. There might be some bittering hops in there. Really cool yeast characteristic on this. New England IPA. I try not to stake too many claims about this. Oh, hey, George. What's up, buddy? Um... I'm going to guess that they've used like a New England strain, uh, possibly the escarpment one. Uh, this tastes a lot like Hetty, uh, the yeast character. Kind of hard to exactly nail down. It, it's almost more what the yeast does to the hops. So there's this whole thing in making New England IPAs, and I can't remember if you're following along. We got a couple of people watching now. If anyone wants to tell me what this is called, because I've forgotten. But basically, the yeast actually does something chemical to the hops that you dry hop with. If you're listening to this, by the way, I'm making some very unusual hand gestures while I'm doing this. Um, it does a weird thing to the hops. Not a weird thing, a very good thing. But it, 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 it makes it, there's a very characteristic taste to that yeast. Biotransformation is what it does. And I think we've had a bit of that in this. Mm-mm-mm. Quite bitter, peachy. Might even get a little, a little bit of pineapple. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say pineapple on there. Which is interesting. Sometimes, <laughs> George, sometimes uh, pineapple, to me, presents as a little flowery. I can confuse them. I'm not quite sure why. Um, but, oh, look, now Erica's joined. Oh, my gosh. I should take off three weeks all the time. This is a party, guys. Um, pineapple and flowers can confuse my palate sometimes. So that might have been more what I was getting in the aroma. It's something a little pineapple-y. Sort of like underripe pineapple almost. Anyway. Uh, super creamy mouthfeel. Very... Um, I want to say like salt water, but I don't want you to think it's salty. It's not salty at all. This isn't a gosa or anything. There's no salt. But you know how salt water has that kind of weight to it? There's a density in your mouth. That's what this has got. And the carbonation is there, but it's it's not aggressively carbonated. It's very silky. It's quite nice. Mm. Let's read the label. For what it's worth, not uncommon to find oats in the New England IPA. And uh, yeah, there you go. There's oats and wheat. So that's where we're getting getting some protein in there. And it gives it that really soft, nice, yeah, smooth creaminess. It's really good mouthfeel on that. 
And then, yeah, as noted, quite a pronounced bitter finish that's a little evergreeny, maybe a little evergreeny on the finish. Um, interesting that the clementine that I noted, and I can still smell, yeah, I don't get as much of it. You get a lot more, actually on the taste, on the palate, you get like grapefruit peel. Not as sweet as the clementine that I would have expected, but still very nice. Um, it's an interesting New England IPA. Like I said, uh, reminds me a bit of Hetty. Um, it's only 6.5, so probably reminds me more of Focal Banger, but I can't really remember how that one tasted. But really pronounced sturdy bitterness without being squeaky. Um, definitely, like I said, there could be some early hops here, but not enough the way that you get with a West Coast where you can squeak your teeth like a violin. It's not like that. Um, but really assertive bitterness for sure. And quite bitter on the finish. Often New England IPAs, you get some bitterness, but the finish is still quite a bit of the hop characteristics. Flowery or uh, um, peachy, stone fruit would be the popular phrase. Um, this one... It's there, but the, the, the finish is hop. It's, it's clean and, and, and assertively hoppy. I think I've used the word assertive twice now. Mm. Really good, though. It's interesting. It does... It, it's weird now that we kind of can talk about, like, older school New England IPAs versus newer school New England IPAs, but I think we can now. And uh, this one drinks a little bit more like the older school, the traditional style. Um, I feel like they haven't, and probably intentionally, committed as much energy into boosting the fruit of the hops. And, and not adding fruit, just the hops. But that focus of trying to draw out those stone fruit characteristics, say, or citrusy characteristics, or, or tropical kind of tastes. Um, they're there, but I feel like the, the approach was a more... Again, balanced isn't quite the right word, but like balanced for a New England IPA where you're getting a sort of uh, hoppiness. I'm not getting a ton of um, malt characteristic. I haven't even really thought of it. I've been thinking so much about the mouthfeel. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, two row maybe. I get a bit of malty sweetness, but it's it's not the, the star of the show. Um, but yeah, an interesting use of the hops here and potentially the bio-transformation um, uh, to, to, to make, yeah, sort of a more old school, like three, four years ago, New England IPA. And I like it a lot. It's very nostalgic and romantic tasting to me. If you can be nostalgic for something that only happened a couple years ago, I'm going to be, and this is my podcast. If you want to disagree, you're going to have to start your own podcast. Get up one of these, some of these, some of these, take it away. We'll be, we'll be podcast buddies. It'll be a ton of fun. Anyway, this is great. This is great. I should be thinking about what we're going to eat with it. This is Salem's Lot, New England IPA from our friends in Whitby, Little Beasts Brewing. Big ups, Little Beasts. If you're watching, listening, etc. you know I love you. You know it. And then, of course, the question, what are we going to eat with it? Because of that more pronounced bitterness... One of the things that, this is going to sound kind of weird, but they can get, um, they can get like uh, um, delicate almost, New England IPAs. They're so fruity. Uh, you know, you, you kind of get worried about losing uh, the characteristics. This one, I'm not worried about that. This one's got some like, boom, it's got some balls to it. So we're going to go with something spicier. Um, 
I think I've said this before for one of these, and it's not something I eat myself, but knowing what I know about it, I think this is one of those beers where you're going to look for some Nashville hot chicken or like a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. The Wren on Danforth here in Toronto often posts, not often, always, posts pictures of their food when they're open. We had a rough patch there. But uh, they often will post a picture of a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. And I think that'd be good because the sauce is fatty. It's made with oil and spices. Um, and of course, the chicken's fatty. And I think that the, the, the characteristics, that assertive punch that this beer's got, it's going to cut through there. Um, but then what'll be interesting is Nashville hot chicken sauce is made, obviously, with chilies to make it hot. But also, um, typically, uh, a proprietary and, and generally secret uh, blend of spices. And spices isn't something that this beer is showing much of. You're getting him some interesting fruit characteristics, and again, that that very biting hop quality. Um, but I think there you're going to get the uh, the nice uh, interplay of the fat uh, with the kind of creamy uh, feel of the beer, but then also the very astringent kind of hoppy bite. Uh, but then also the fruitiness with the spiciness and 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 the, the spiciness. It's the same word. The uh, picante spice versus the uh, spice covered spice of uh, the Nashville hot chicken. I'm going to give that a stamp of approval. I also still kind of want to try a Nashville hot tofu fry. Uh, Erica, if you're still watching on YouTube, we should, no, wait, Instagram. We should think about this. The thing is you really do want it like fried chicken breading, which we can do a little harder for my beloved who does not get down to those gluten-y protein chains, but we could figure it out. Mm, Nashville hot tofu. Or maybe some of those cool chicken tender strips, the fake and chicken, the fake ones. We could do that. Uh, now that Eric and I have been doing a bit of meal planning, she hasn't agreed to any of this yet. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, let's move on. I'm going to have another sip of this, and then we're going to talk about two things. Here we go. Thing number one, and I had meant to uh, talk about it so much so that I even remembered to pull up a page. Ah... <sighs> Look at how much brighter it just got. That's because this page is white and you're getting a lot of color cast. I should remember this. I bet if I make it a full page, it just got a little brighter. Uh, it does reflect in my glasses, unfortunately, though. Uh, anyway, Canadian Brewing Awards 2020 winners. Holy moly, guys. I think every year they multiply the number of categories in the Canadian Brewing Awards by 1.4. Because it just keeps on going. Now, if you want to look this up, there are probably multiple ways I would recommend CanadianBeerNews.com simply because they have done this the right way. They put the uh, Brewer of the Year and the Best in Show right at the top of the list. I don't really like scrolling all the way down to find out who won the whole thing. So straight out of the gate, big congratulations to a brewery. I have never had one of their beers, but they are located in Calgary, Alberta. And yes, that's how I pronounce it. Leave me alone. It's an affectation and I like it. Uh, called Common Crown Brewing. And I did note when I was scrolling through, uh, many of the medals that they took were in what I would consider sort of old world or traditional, like English and Scottish style beers. Pretty cool, if you ask me. I, I would like to check them out. I don't foresee being in Calgary anytime soon. Um, but you never know. You just don't. But anyway, huge congratulations. Common Crown Brewing. Good to see uh, 
uh, I was going to say prairie. Mm, I think people in Calgary get upset if you call it the prairies. Anyway, a middle part of the country, somewhere between the Great Lakes and the mountains. Uh, nice to see a brewery from that region taking it. So good on you guys. Good work. Funny enough, beer of the year, which I assume is best in show, but maybe they use a different criteria. Regardless, it's one for my beloved darling wife, Erica. It is Glutenberg Red from Brassure Sans Gluten, I think is how you would say it in French, uh, which it is, so you better say it right. Uh, Gluten-free red ale. Great. What strides we're making, guys? It's a golden age. Golden age. Uh, some other standouts. Some, you know, good showing from Ontario. Oh, I just noticed now. Uh, Niagara College Teaching Brewery. George, if you're still watching, nicely done. Taking home silver in uh, the Bach category with their uh, Beer 101 Bach. Um, I, I, do I need to go through this? You can look it up. It's pretty easy to find. Just Google CBA 2020 awards or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so nice to see some good Ontario representation and a variety of Ontario breweries, which is always nice to see, but also a really good selection of breweries right across the board. I'm just, I've scrolled down a little bit and I've stopped and I'm looking and I'm seeing um, BC, Alberta, Ontario, a bunch of BC, Quebec, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, another Nova Scotia, back to Alberta. Uh, it would be Saskatchewan. It would be interesting to see, there's Saskatchewan again, how many PEI of the provinces landed a prize i'm waiting to see if i see manitoba crop up uh and newfoundland and then obviously the uh, territories I don't know if the territories entered any but it's a really wide array of uh of representation which is fantastic that's i mean that's that's ideal that's that says a lot about the brewing culture that we've we've developed in the country and uh the brewers that we've been rearing and uh it speaks really, really highly of uh, what we've got going on in the country. So that's exciting. And uh, I'm just looking. Erica's over in our bedroom now, so she's not making any more meal plans with me. Uh, <laughs> what else? That that's, that's what's going on. You can look them up. I've just scrolled all the way through. Oh, and look. Yeah, there it is. Oh, Little Beasts actually took at least two medals because here they are winning Flavored Stout Porter with their Birds of a Feather. Uh, so congratulations on that. And of course, congratulations to all the winners and really everybody. Like I said, this speaks really highly of the scene we've got going in, in Canada. So fantastic. Uh, that's the CBAs. Uh, why am I feeling a bit bummed out right now? Well, gotta be honest with you guys. I always have trouble around this time of year because I get freaked out when my kids go back to school and I feel bad about it <laughs> I didn't really love going back to school and it just reawakens all this memory of the end of summer and really for them this is the end of March break which is a bit of a messed up thing but uh, what are you gonna do so didn't sleep super well last night didn't feel great this morning been in a weird headspace all day but uh trying to dust it off and then the worst part oh I was fixing up my bike and I dropped a part and lost it and it's tiny 
Now I'm waiting for a replacement. I can't ride it. It doesn't have a chain until I do that. So I can't even like get a bit of the old fitness going. That's a good solution a lot of the time. If you wake up in a weird headspace, you know, um, a bit of exercise helps. Uh, I do still have rugby this week, so that'll help a bit, I think. But uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you just, it's not good. You just, you got to kind of tuck your chin and carry on. But uh, that's where I was at. So not good, but we'll make it. Um, how do you guys deal with that? Anyone else feel that way? I know people who don't have kids sometimes don't even realize it's the end of the summer. But I think, especially once we had kids, it really started to weigh on me. I thought, oh, man, I really didn't like going back to school. It just makes me feel all squirrely when they do. Anyway, our big guy, who is huge, uh, heading to grade 7 in middle school tomorrow for the first time. That's also stressing me out. So hopefully all goes well. You know, you got to let the birds leave the roost eventually. So, but I am feeling it. So that's where I'm at. Kind of crappy, but well, might as well be honest about it. Hey, we drank some beer. We uh, talked about biotransformation. Not really, because I don't fully understand it, but I did use the words once somebody told me how to. Uh, that was something. And uh, checked out the Canadian Brewing Awards. Congratulations once again. Fantastic, fantastic work. Uh, hey, what's going on? Uh, probably some stuff. Uh, I know I'm helping the Dakota right now line up to become a craft beer uh, retailer, which is kind of cool. It's kind of late to the party, but they uh, were having a lot of problems with uh, navigating all the COVID stuff. So they're getting to it. So that'll be nice if you're out near Ossington. Good spot to grab a couple of cans of beer, if you like. Uh, it should be coming down the pipe soon. But other than that, I don't know. Nothing's happening. We're going to get locked down again probably soon. Don't get too attached to this freedom. Uh, otherwise, wear your mask, wash your hands, take care of yourself, take care of your friends, take care of your kids if they're heading back to school. It's been stressful. It's going to be tough. If you got friends with kids, help take care of them. I don't know. Do what you got to do. But it has been fun. It is now 940. Time for me to shut down the podcast factory. And uh, you meet me here this time next week, a little after nine, hopefully a little quicker next week. I had to like set up a bunch of new stuff, new folders because it was season five. So it took a little longer. Next week should be better. Uh, odds are there's not going to be a midweek, but you never know. Keep your eyes peeled. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There was something I wanted to mention, and I'm going to feel terrible that I forgot until right now, and I have forgotten what it was. This is why I should make notes. Remember what I said? Nothing changes. Um, no, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, still looking for Black is Beautiful beers, so if you know of any of those you want to point me to, there's, there's still ones floating around, so check them out pretty good stuff and uh yeah otherwise we'll talk at you in seven days or so be good to each other other guys